0: Now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070.
1: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Whole Home Show. I'm Tony Joe, your host here every week, bringing you tips, education, and updates on home-related matters. Whether you're in the real estate market or if you're looking for decorating or improvement ideas for your home, this is a great place to be. Our show comes to you with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, Mortgage Broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group. JP Sellers, Insurance Advisor at Westland Insurance. The Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Beauvais. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction, give any of the whole home show team members a call. They would love to hear from you. By the way, you don't need to be transacting. It's not like you need to be a buyer or a seller. Sometimes you just need stuff done around the house, or maybe you're looking for some advice about remortgaging, or you've got some legal questions or whatever. We're all here to help you out, so you don't need to be buying or selling, folks. Uh, we, we would be happy to help. Uh, I've been your host here every week, uh, and I've been selling real estate here in Greater Victoria since 1991. I've handled hundreds of transactions in our fair city. Uh, proud to be ranked as one of the top REMAX agents in Western Canada in production. And I'd be pleased to help you as well too. Again, if you would like to chat about the real estate market or anything regarding your home, give any of the whole home show team members a call. You can find our contact information by visiting cfax1070.com. Look under shows and there you'll find us, the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. All of our contact information is there or you can always just reach out to me directly. I always enjoy hearing every week from CFAX listeners Uh, And it inspires us to continue doing what we've been doing now for five years here on CFAX. Such loyal listeners. And I really appreciate you taking your time whenever you have a chance to listen to this program here. Today, of course, we're talking about things around your home, uh, namely electrical matters. And we're going to be talking about heat pumps. Uh, So first of all, we're going to be chatting with Carl Heimlich. He is the owner and operator of Capital Electric in business here in Greater Victoria for over 30 years talking about your electrical needs around your home. And we'll also be having a chat with Bruce Forrester from New Horizons Heat Pumps. What is a heat pump? How does it work? Why does it work? And how efficient really are they? Well, we're going to find out when we have a chat with Bruce. So we'll be talking with them after our break here but we always start our show with having a conversation about what's going on out there and especially if you've got a matter that you'd like me to cover or chat about just reach out to me and I do again on a regular basis hear from you I love covering the questions uh, and stories and things that uh, interest you the most and right now what I want to talk about is court ordered sales because we just bumped into one they're rare by the way Uh, you know, when you think about it, if somebody gets into financial trouble or financial difficulty, uh, in the old days, of course, they get foreclosed upon by the bank, and they've got to go to court and all of that. Most of the time, though, when somebody gets into financial trouble, the market has been strong enough that all they got to do is sell their home and they get to wipe out all of their debt. But you know, you never know the circumstances and the reasons why Uh, things happen. So even in today's strong real estate market here locally, we do see the occasional court order sale. Oh, my goodness. I was dealing with one. I don't want to get into too much detail with this one because it it went to court. I think it was six times or seven times. Really interesting story. Maybe we'll cover that at another time. Maybe with Gurpreet, uh, our show sponsor from Sitka Law Group. Uh, talking about the legal aspects there. But um, anyways, bumped into one today. And of course, questions that people have, and client of ours asked, oh, well, it's a court order sale. Does this mean that I get a good deal? Well, first of all, let's talk about the process. So generally speaking, for someone to be at the point where uh, the bank or uh, a creditor has decided to start the foreclosure proceedings it's normally a number of months this doesn't happen if somebody misses for instance one mortgage payment it would have to be three four five six months and you know folks you've got to know that a foreclosure process is a last resort for a bank banks don't want to do that banks aren't in the business to go through Uh, uh, the court proceedings they they want to help consumers that of course they do you know they want to collect interest from payments on a monthly basis they want you to keep the house so they're not you know evil evil conglomerates that are trying to put people uh, in bad positions Um, it normally takes a while to get to the point where it needs to go to court so when that happens there's a conduct of sale that occurs so the owner of the home no longer has conduct it is the it is the party that is foreclosing on them that does again whether it's a lender or another private party that has a lien on the property uh, or other creditor uh, on the title as well too and they start this process and basically what happens is goes to market seller doesn't get to cho- the owner doesn't get to choose who the realtor is it would be the seller the seller in this case would be the creditor the person who's foreclosing a bond and The agent goes through the process as we normally do in marketing the home. But the uh, main difference is any offer needs to be subject to court approval. So it's got to go through the court process. And a buyer, if they're interested, goes to the house, uh, does all their their due diligence, you know, building inspection, uh, make sure they get their financing, all those things. When they have an unconditional offer in hand, that's when the uh, file gets forwarded to the courts and a court date is picked. Uh, I would need to double check. Seems to me that they're about a month out nowadays. Uh, And what happens is uh, the master in the chamber uh, goes through the file and makes a decision about whether or not the sale will proceed. Most of the time, it's a rubber stamp where they say, okay, the creditor accepted this offer and it's fair market value. So rubber stamp, boom, there we go, it's all good. Well, it's a little more complicated nowadays because what happens is when the file goes to court, there is an opportunity for other parties to go out there to the court and submit sealed bids. So yes, you can get a sealed, you can get an offer process, a bidding process you know, those blind bidding stuff that, you know, it's out there in the media all the time. Um, like you can have a bidding war at a court ordered sale. And I have been involved in many of them. Now things have changed since the pandemic. We actually don't physically go to court nowadays. It happens over Zoom and things like that. Um, but the bottom line is uh, often what happens is at the court date, it sells for more than the instigating offer was. So what people think was maybe a good deal or maybe a potential opportunity isn't as good a deal as they thought because they had to go fight for it. Um, So often it's sold at market value or over market value as any auction process uh, uh, creates. But the worst thing for the buyer is the um, lack of security on the condition of the house because you see the, the creditor or the bank Uh, has a form that is part of the contract that basically says they can't guarantee anything. They can't guarantee that appliances are going to be there. They can't guarantee the condition of the property. Um, They can't guarantee anything. And you think about it, a lot of the time, the person who's being foreclosed upon, not a real happy mood. They're often very disgruntled. They're unhappy with the circumstances And they're not going to clean the house. We have heard of cases where they have ripped out kitchen cabinets and toilets and bathrooms in a, uh, you know, a moment of anger. And there is the chance that in a court ordered sale, that's the condition that you will get the house in. So again, they are not necessarily the deal that people think. In fact, I would say the majority of the time it is the opposite, right? So uh, it is a complicated process. Um, they do exist. They're not as good a deal as one would think. Now, the other thing too is, uh, as I just mentioned, it requires an accepted off, accepted unconditional offer to trigger the court process. And a question that we often have with our buyer clients is, do you want to be the party that triggers that? Or do you want to be the party that shows up at court and makes a uh, um, sealed bid because you see the triggering party also has the ability to resubmit an offer as well too. So there's some strategy there that's involved, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fun sort of process and they do exist even in strong markets like this for whatever reason. Uh, as always folks, you got something you wanna talk about just reach out to me, Tony at PrimeTeam.ca, or find us on CFAX1070.com. All of our contact information is there. I need to take our first break. Or when we come back, we'll be chatting about electrical items with Carl Heimlich at Capital Electric. Back in just a moment.
0: You're listening to the Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX1070.
1: Thanks for coming back. You're listening to the Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. You know, there's a lot of things around the house that every once in a while you need to pay attention to. And this season here, maybe you're thinking about doing some upgrades, whether it's new appliances or lights around the house, exterior lights, whatever. All of a sudden, you're looking at things that, even if you're handy, you really shouldn't be doing this stuff yourself, anyways. And you got to get an expert to do certain things. And today, We're having a conversation about electrical work and who better to have on the program than a longstanding electrician here in Victoria. And our guest right now is Carl Heimlich. He's with Capital Electric. Hey, Carl, thanks for joining. Oh, thank you for having me. Uh, And of course, you know, Carl and I know each other. We go back and uh, Carl's done some stuff around my house. So full disclosure to our listeners, I am a Carl client. So uh, it's always good having, uh, having people that we know on the program here. Right. And not only that, but Carl, you listen to our
2: program regularly. Too. I do. I'm a CFAX <laughs> listener as well as my sister works there. So I have to listen to it. Well, there we go. There we go. Right? There we go. Um, all right. So
1: how long have you been doing this and how long has Capital Electric been around?
2: I've been doing this since 1986. So do the math. I think that's over 35 years. Yep. Um, just a small company in Victoria. There are other capital electrics in Victoria for some odd reason. I am. Well, it the is the original,
0: capital, right? <laughs> yeah, it is the
2: capital. So I'm the original capital electric and, uh, there's two others with similar names, yeah. capital electric systems. Yeah. And there's another one out there, which I, you know, capital electric, uh, power and communication, I think. Yeah. So since 86, I've been working in Victoria and really enjoy the work with all the people that I meet and, uh, all well, you know, things to learn.
1: Like I said, you know, when I when I with the lead in here, I was mentioning electrical is one of those things that people definitely should not be toying with.
2: Absolutely not. <laughs> right? Absolutely not. No. Things have changed in the last well little bit. There's a lot of um, things that people will try, and I find they make a lot of mistakes. So you really should have a permit taken out, electrical mm-hmm. permit. It's very important. Um, they, you know, they want a permit even to change a light and so on. I think people can change them, but uh, if you want to go by the code and so on, you know, you're supposed to have an electrical permit even to do that. Well, you know what it. I.
1: I'm probably like any other, you know, normal person when, cause it's happened before where I go, you know what? I think I'm going to tackle this myself. You got the black yeah. wire. You got the white wire. I know you just don't touch them. Everything's going to be okay. You know, turn it off right. at, the, at the fuse box or whatever, but just like anyone else, those times that I've tried to, that I have changed the light. It's like, it's that moment of fear. What happens if, <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. And that's why we got to get an expert. Right.
2: That's right. You don't want to be electrocuted, but if you want to take it on, uh, uh, (laughs) take your
1: chances. (laughs) For sure. Well, um, what are people looking for nowadays? So when they call you up, uh, what are some things that people are doing around their home?
2: Uh, Changing a lot of lighting is being changed to, of course, LED lighting. Oh, yeah. Um, You know, it saves a lot of money in the long run. And it's, they've come a long way with LED lighting. It's a lot better light. It used to be quite institutional, and quite white. Now it's, it's a lot of warmer colors and, uh, you know, dimming, you can dim them. And it's it's quite a nice change. Uh, pot lights and under counter lighting in kitchens and so on. And they're cooler. Uh, they, they don't generate the heat that they... That's right. The there, right. That's right. And You save a lot of money and they do uh, not heat up as much. That's for sure. A lot yeah. cooler. Um, we do a lot of service changes as well to accommodate either, you know, there's lots of things, a lot is older, uh, town, obviously. So there's a lot of 60 amp services out there, 100. Mm-hmm. And the next jump up is 200 amp. Usually that's what people jump up to, mm-hmm. uh, 200 amp service changes, you know, to accommodate heat pumps, um, hot tubs, uh, hot tubs. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, electric, hot water. On-demand hot water can draw a lot of power. Oh, you know you can get gas, or if you get the electric, they can draw up to 125 amps just for the electric on-demand heater. Yeah. So that's um, something people will do upgrade their service to accommodate those kind of things. Well, uh, I, I've got say, car charger in it as well.
1: Oh, car chargers. Well, let's get to that in a second. Let's get to that in a second, but I, I got to say. We, um, with a client, I looked at a house uh, just this past week, uh, Gordon had, you know, a typical 1970s house, and it was all fixed up, so deluxe, like everything's beautiful, kind of, you know, like today's kind of show home kind of thing. Um, right. But as it turns out, it was 100 amp service, yeah. on, you know, with electric baseboard heat. And, yeah, you cool. know, nowadays, of course, we've got so many devices that require uh, uh, electrical. You know, that's one of the things that 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 our client probably would have had to have looked at was to go from 100 amp to 200 amp service. So, um, yeah, yeah. tell tell us, though, I mean, how big a job is that? Like what is involved uh, expanding uh, your service?
2: It has gotten a little bit bigger as code has changed over the years. Um, And well, you've got to rip out the old one, put a bigger panel in more circuits. New grounding, new bonding. Um, but, but when it comes to bit, like
1: the wires in the house, the wires in the house remain the same.
2: They, they, they will, yeah, most, mostly unless, you know, of course there's knob and tube which should be remediated if <laughs> uh, at all possible. Yeah, uh, yeah it's also, um, it's, a, it's a bit of a bigger job. We work with BC Hydro, we have to work with BC Hydro because you've got, to, uh,
1: you've got to connect to the mast
2: or the... Exactly. Or the We've got to cut... The, well, they cut the power. We used to be able to years ago do that ourselves. Wow. We used to do it all the time. But this is something that's been around now for maybe 20 years. But in, in the past, yeah we could cut the wires, do it all ourselves. But they want to, of course, get involved. Um, so there's... Uh, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a job. It's, it's, it usually takes a day in and out. Um, and... The thing is with them now you got to sort of think ahead and get uh, the products, get the parts because of, you know, the COVID thing, uh, things are difficult now to sort of put together and source. So you have to run around a lot, uh, wholesalers, a lot of times. Yeah. yeah. Just the other day I was trying to get a 200 amp panel and I had a shop around in the last place I called after like six wholesalers, they had one. Wow! So I was able to get that. So you really have to be organized, find out where you're getting things, and uh, yeah. yeah, think ahead.
1: But nowadays, like when somebody upgrades to an electric app service, I mean, I, I guess the question is, is that is that enough? Like, w- will we get to the point where we're going to need more than that, or that's pretty well what there is,
2: right? Wow, that's a good question. Um, the next jump from 200 is to 400. Amp. Yeah, you see in commercial applications, right? Right. Yeah. And houses, bigger houses. Uh, you know they'll have 400 amps as well so they'll have all the bells and whistles and you know maybe a guest house or something as well so that's a uh, the next jump up and that's can be costly um and they're you know again um it's you have to do if you have to do it you have to do it and you, yeah. no you, need, power. you need power you need power,
1: and, and that's one of those things i mean uh, people you 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 take power for granted until that moment that you need it.
2: Yeah. Like when you're out of power,
1: sure. right? The power shortage. That's right. Like,
2: yeah. Yeah. And that's something too, that with new services and so on, I try to, I try to sell it lately is um, surge protection for your home. Oh yeah. Um, you know, you get a brown out or you get just a little, even a little bit. If, if BC hydro does something, to the line, she even shuts off power for a little bit. Sometimes it will take out your computers, take out your electronics in your home. So there's surge protection out there that I think is a great idea. I have it in my house
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, you know, for a minimal cost, like hundred to $500 for a surge protection, uh, you put that in your panel and it uh, will protect all your electronics. I've seen electronics fried before and it's, You know, microwaves, uh, stoves, you know, everything has electronics in it these days, Uh, computers, obviously. So uh, I think it's a good idea to have surge protection. So having that
1: at the panel instead of like the the surge protector power bars per se. Yes, you can have it
2: as a circuit breaker um, style, or you can put it on the outside of the panel and it goes up and the wires go into your panel and you hook it up in there. Yeah. So And and heat pumps have them as well. You'll see a lot more on heat pumps lately because of the circuitry right uh, well, we'll, we'll be talking about yeah.
1: that we'll be talking about that uh a little later here but listen we need okay. to uh, take a break here right now we're having a conversation uh, about electrical with Carl Heimlich he is with Capital Electric uh Carl hold on uh need to take our break we'll be back okay. in just just a moment
0: now the whole home show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070
1: thanks for coming back again you're listening to the whole home show and I'm Tony Joe Our show comes to you every week with the support of our show partners, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, JP Sellers, insurance advisor at Westland Insurance, the Sitka Law Group for your real estate, wills and estates, corporate and personal injury needs, and Silhouette Home Inspections with Pierre Bove. If you need help or direction in your real estate transaction or anything around your home for that matter, give any of the whole home show team members a call They would love to hear from you. And as a reminder, if you're a podcast listener, you can download all five years of our episodes on iTunes or Google Play. Just look for The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. We have tons of great content and amazing guests, including today. Uh, Just before our break, we're having a chat with Carl Heimlich. Carl is principal of Capital Electric since 1986. Carl, again, thanks for uh, joining us today.
2: Yeah, very welcome.
1: We we're talking about surge protection just before the uh, the break. Very important. Nothing worse than frying your computer. I mean, it's our lifeblood nowadays, right? Absolutely, for sure. So something else that you, you know we're occasionally worried about is you know with all these houses out there with the renovations. Every once in a while, I mean, there are places that have no permits for the work. You know, for the extension or for the you know plumbing, and I'm thinking electrical too. So what are what are you see? You're bumping into this, right?
2: Yes, I am. Um, quite a bit, actually. So people just think it's like, you know, the wild, wild west sometimes and they have friends or family help them out and do changes in their home. Yep. Sometimes wire complete suites or, you know, do kitchen renovations or whatever. Yep. And then they find out, well, you know, somebody Neighbor Mm -hmm. perhaps uh, doesn't like what they're doing, is watching them and says something. Mm
1: -hmm. Maybe calls the municipality, squeals absolutely,
2: reports them. Okay, and then the inspector pops by and says, "What the heck's been done here?" And the poor homeowner, just thinking, you know, they're not doing anything wrong. Well, they've got to uh, now get a permit and get slapped on the wrist, right? And well, mm-hmm. hold on a
1: sec. So, so often this work is done though. So like, how do they it's get, done. A, how do they get a permit after the work is done?
2: Well, the electrical inspectors have for, um, in the past, I'm hoping they still do it. I've just done one recently where you have to, I have to take a permit out. Yeah. I have to charge pre, a premium price yeah. to go in to look at the stuff and the walls are closed in, and so on. It's up to the inspector if he wants to rip the walls open yeah. to look at this stuff. He has the authority to do that. Okay. But I think mm-hmm. out of the goodness of their hearts, or they have whatever, or maybe this is just the they way try to happen. avoid that. Yeah. Try to avoid that. So they get me in, or another electrician. Well, in.
1: well, so hold on a second. So you're Check completely them. you're completely independent. You had nothing to do with this unpermitted work. So, so then they, so you get called, you get called in to check on somebody else's work.
2: I have, uh, at least half a dozen times, uh, lately to check it and and everything, like the devices that are put on, um, the breaker, you know, down to the breakers, uh, have to be looked at. And if it's not done correctly, i have to correct it because I'm putting my company's name on the line. Wow. So everything has to be up to snuff and often it's not, you know, you have someone reading out of a book or looking you know, on Google uh, how to do YouTube it. So or something. Yeah. Often I go in and it's not done right at all. It needs some changes and it can be costly for the homeowner. Yeah. Um, yeah. It could be very costly at times to well, so make I, changes.
1: Yeah. And change but in, in I for things that you never did to begin with. Right. No, so, that's correct. Yeah. So this is a reminder to listeners and people who, okay, we've been in a very busy real estate market. It's, it's fast moving. People are jumping in often without inspections, often without electrical inspections and you're kind of taking a risk. And what I'm hearing from you, Carl, is there is a way to permit after the fact, but I'm going to say it's probably like, if you're doing that as an expert, yeah. You, that's a lot of work and you're probably like, um, it's not like it just a rubber stamp because like you said, you're putting your company's name on it,
2: right? I am. I go into the job, I look at it and see if I want to take it on first of all yeah. and if I do, then I will talk to an inspector, see what's required from uh, the homeowner and myself yeah. and uh, fix any problems if there's problems yeah. but it's the last resort obviously and uh, but it, it does happen yeah, for
1: sure. Well, There's a lot I, I, of work that's,
2: a lot of work that's not approved out there, I'm sure.
1: Yeah, and, and like I've said many times in our talk here together, uh, electrical work is something you do not want to uh, cut corners on. Like No, just, and, and quite
2: just, often it's found when the house is being sold. This is where, yeah. you know, it's disclosed. You have to disclose and uh, it's disclosed that the work was not done without a permit. Yeah. And that's where... You know, problems arise. For sure. Yeah. Um, so, idea. other
1: things that people, uh, what you touched on uh, a moment ago, because we were talking about things that people are asking you for is electric cars. So, if somebody's interested in buying an electric car, what do they got to do?
2: Well, they have to make sure that the service size, first of all, is, is big enough to accommodate because you can get, you know, some of these uh, car chargers go up to 40 amps. Um, so yeah, a lot of them, the service has to be upgraded or you have to get something smaller, like a triple charger, you know, to fit it into your system or, um, yeah, you just have to be aware of, uh, the size of car charger you're getting. Yeah. And you may so have per- to change
1: Provided you got the power. So let's say you got the 200 amp service, you got the room. Uh, yeah. so, so then what they, uh, it's not just a regular outlet that people are using, right?
2: No, no, it's not. Um, you have to run a power source to the side of the garage or inside the garage, wherever the client would like it. Um, definitely take a permit out for that. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be checked by the inspector. Um, there's so many different types of chargers out there, EV chargers. So a customer... You know, should look into seeing what's good. You can get a lot of things online these days mm-hmm. and they're not the greatest. So you have to be very careful as to, especially
1: what with something getting. like this. Cause there's a lot research.
2: of research research is, is huge.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, most of my clients have researched, uh, some of them haven't. And they, they try to send car chargers back because it's not fitting their needs. Wow. And, um, yeah. and sometimes it's, you know, they are able to send them back and sometimes they're not, and it's fairly costly. Yeah. If they're not able to send them back and get something. Better. So,
1: it, and, and what you need to do is you need to plug in a, uh, whatever, a two, it's 220, right? Uh, yes. That's yeah. Correct. And that's, you know, people are familiar with the, the dryer outlets, the same, it's the same thing, right? Yeah. It's very similar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so there are some electric car charging station, EV stations that are, uh, just plug in, or there are some that are hardwired. And again, you take care of, you take care of that.
0: Right.
2: Yeah. We hardwired into the unit. They either, usually we don't, um, buy or supply the, uh, the car charger. We work with what the customer usually gets from their car dealership or wherever they find it, uh, you know, wherever
1: they find the chargers. Well, you know, it's amazing when you think about it. I mean, here we are in today's day and age, who would have thought about this in 1986? Like you, you feel your car plugging it into the wall using the electrical panel.
0: Yeah.
2: It's amazing. It's really yeah. come a long ways. Everything has come so far. Yeah. Right. And it's only going to get better.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, they, and, there's, and there's also, they also talk about going the other way where at some point, if you got a power uh, outage and your car is charged, you can you can power your house from the car.
2: Okay. Wow. Well, I didn't hear that. That's amazing. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's I'm a pretty car incredible. Category, so. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So uh, all of those things, listen, if, if people need to reach you, so, um, uh, you handle everything, like, uh, from a residential standpoint, um, and you talked about, you know, people are, you know, changing light fixtures and all that kind of stuff. Uh, they should give you a call, right? Yeah.
2: I'd love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what's the best number to reach you? Uh, it's a two five zero four eight zero eight four three nine or that's, uh, text as well, obviously. Or uh, email c a p e l e at shaw.ca. Great.
1: Well, you know what? I'm going to put that information on the CFAX uh, website as well too, so that people can uh, find you and look that up. Uh, hey, uh, to our listeners again, um, I am a client of Carl's. I've had Carl over to do stuff. You've helped us with um, uh, internet uh, uh, cables and and all that. And I get yes, actually, I, I want to give I want to give you a call out because you you fished that line in my wall i still don't know how you did it without drywall I, damage and stuff like that that there i can't tell some, you how oh,
0: no I, that's our
2: secret and i do a some, lot of that and people are pretty impressed uh, that there uh, is some wizardry there tricks. because
1: you know we we had talked about maybe having to cut holes and stuff like that and yet you managed to figure it out so that yeah. ladies and gentlemen is the reason why you get an experienced electrician into your home instead of you know trying it yourself because uh (laughs) you know very happy with the outcome there
2: i appreciate that tony yeah
1: uh so it's carl heimlich he is with capital electric uh for your uh electrical needs around your house and listen folks a lot of houses out there we didn't get a chance to cover it there is knob and tube wiring there is aluminum wiring in 1970s houses there's all of these things uh do yourself a favor And uh, Carl, 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 call Carl, and he'll take care of uh, all your electrical needs. Thanks for joining us, Carl.
0: This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for
1: coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show. Uh, Today, we're talking about things around your home. And our next guest is with New Horizons heat pumps. It's Bruce Forrester. Bruce, thanks for joining us today.
0: Tony, thank you for inviting me.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, heat pumps are something that, of course, people talk a lot about now because we had that little heat wave uh, last summer. Of course, unusual for Victoria to get this hot. And it was uh, at that time where people were saying, oh my goodness, I sure could use, you know, um, better climate control in our home. Right. Um, well,
0: that was a real wake up call. That's for sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Tell us about heat pumps because, you know, I think there's a lot of confusion out there. You know, when people see, the word heat pump on a, like a listing information page or something. They're like,
0: what is, what does that mean?
1: What is a heat pump?
0: Well, yeah, the name is um, kind of, uh, diff- it, it's not a great name actually, because <laughs> it, it infers that they just produce heat, which in fact is not true as most people are uh, starting to realize they produce both heat and air conditioning. Mm-hmm. Um, there are really just two basic types of heat pumps, Tony. There's the central system, which is, uh, would typically replace a, a gas, propane, or oil furnace. And then there's what's called the ductless mini-split systems.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And those are growing in tremendous popularity uh, because they're relatively inexpensive. They're easy to install. They're easy to repair. Uh, and they're just very, very versatile.
1: Well, I mean, let's, let's talk first about the central system, because I mean, this is something that I guess we're most, you know, we most commonly see the big box outside. It's a big fan makes noise, Um, but it's, but it's connected to the furnace because it needs the motor to push the air in the house. Right.
0: Yes, that's correct.
1: Yeah. Um, Now it doesn't necessarily mean that the furnace is being used for heat because it's actually the heat pump that's doing the heavy lifting, heavy lifting. Right.
0: Yes, that's correct. Yep. Yeah. Okay.
1: Um, yeah. Now the other thing that you mentioned, the um, I'm sorry, the split. What do the you call uh, it?
0: ductless mini split.
1: Yeah, ductless mini split. Okay. Now those are things, yeah. folks. If you're at a house and you see a sort of horizontal kind of what looks like a heating device, but higher, so they're they're typically uh, mounted, uh, whatever it is, six feet oh. in the air, right?
0: Yeah, close to the close to the ceiling. Yeah, they are. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And that's what a ductless unit is. So um, I got to tell you, Bruce, I had one in a condo that I owned almost 25 years ago. Oh. And I didn't understand them until then. Back then, those things were expensive.
0: Yes, they sure were. Yeah. They sure were. There were, you know, there's been uh, three iterations of uh, heat pumps starting in the 1950s. And we're now in the generation three uh, heat pumps, which, And of course, like all technology, they've come a tremendously long way since the 50s. They're much quieter. (laughs) They're much smaller. They're much less expensive. They're far more reliable. And we're just about to launch uh, generation four heat pumps. So we're pretty excited in the HVAC business. This is actually a really big deal for us. Okay. (laughs) Because every 10 to 20 years, there's a quantum leap in technology. And uh, when that occurs... um, They they come up with a whole new generation, uh, in this case, of heat pumps, which will almost certainly be more efficient, uh, uh, more compact, quieter, uh, possibly even less expensive. So we're very, very excited about the new generation for heat pumps, which are being launched uh, in the next couple of months.
1: You know, you you mentioned quiet, because this is something. Like, there are bylaws at municipalities that state that the heat pump has got to be away from neighboring houses because sometimes they can be so loud, right?
0: Well, indeed, sure. Yeah, the third generation, that would be unusual because they are very quiet. Well, as an example, even a large 36,000 BTU heat pump has uh, puts out a noise imprint of 50 decibels, which is the equivalent of leaves rustling on a tree. Okay. So, just to give you some reference point <laughs> there, but uh, but the new ones, as I mentioned, that are just being launched now, are almost certainly going to be even quieter yet. Okay. Although I don't know that for a fact, I'm only speculating, but I do know that they don't come out with <laughs> a big announcement like this unless there's some substantial uh, improvements over the last version, if you like. Okay. Well, let's talk
1: about how a heat pump functions, because we all know a furnace uh, heats the air either using gas or oil or electricity. Um, how does a heat pump work?
0: Well, it, it, it uses a very unique technology uh, um, that, because of the refrigerant that they use, which is well below zero, uh, it can it can heat it can pick up heat uh, out of the ambient air. Even in very, very cold, a very, very cold day, even twenty below, because the refrigerant is, is so cold, it it looks at, at twenty below and it looks at the difference between the refrigerant temperature and and the outside ambient temperature. And whatever the differential is, it looks at that as heat. So we can convert that that differential into heat, which is quite extraordinary. I think you'll agree. Yeah um and and on the other hand uh, it uses a coil system for the heating aspect of it so they are very efficient they cost a fraction of uh, of, of what it would cost to run other heating systems certainly far far less than any fossil fuel 60 to 70 percent less in fact mm-hmm. and uh, they're 300 more efficient than even an electric baseboard yeah. so there simply isn't a more versatile more efficient and uh And a more economical way to heat and cool your home than with a heat pump. And if you go to Europe, I mean, that's all they have is heat pumps. You go to the Orient, that's pretty much all they have is heat pumps. Why in North America are we behind? I'm (laughs) not exactly sure. We're not, we don't seem to be behind in any other technologies, but for some reason, it's taken us a very long time to embrace uh, uh, heat pump technology, which is. Certainly happening now in, in spades.
1: <laughs> well, it is still kind of rare. Like, you know, when we find one in a house that's on the market, it's like, oh, that's that's a nice feature. And, and I have to say, like, uh, so again, I have a heat pump. I've got a 1980s house. I have central uh, forced air system. Um, for a house its size, I have to say, we have always been really shocked at how little it costs us to uh, climate control the house. And um, when it was time for us to replace our furnace a few years ago, you know, I had toyed with the idea of um, uh, going to gas, but it was explained, we don't really need to because the furnace is kind of like the secondary. uh, Again, it's just moving the air. So we just got another electric furnace is all we kind of need. And the heat pump is is fantastic. And then, of course, which you haven't touched on is the process you explained about extracting the heat from the air. It works
0: in reverse too, right? It sure does. Yep, that's the air conditioning component of it. Yep. And uh, they're efficient uh, right up to, uh, from about uh, 10 below, all the way up to about 110 above. Victoria actually has an ideal climate for a heat pump because we never get really hot, well, except for last summer. (laughs) And we never get really cold, well, other than last winter. (laughs) (laughs) But generally speaking, we're in a moderate a climactic zone, yeah. so uh, heat pumps don't work quite as well as in Edmonton, say, where it gets very cold, or, or in Miami, as an example, where it gets very hot, Yeah. but they work really well in the moderate climactic zones, which we fortunately find ourselves in here in Victoria. Yeah. So,
1: you know, I mean, we've talked about efficiency and how they are efficient and how it is cost-effective to, to heat or cool, but the systems are not inexpensive, right?
0: Well, um, I'm not sure that's true anymore. I mean, certainly, certainly, uh, I mean, you can buy a a first-class heat pump um, install. I have it installed in in your home for about $5,000. Oh my goodness. Things have changed. Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because it, because it used to be a matter, it used to be a matter of uh, cost recovery, you know, with the savings in efficiency. And uh, I, I guess that means that you get your money back sooner. Right?
0: Oh, you do. You do indeed. And energy savings, uh, you know, heat pumps pay for themselves, uh, particularly with the rebates being offered and the energy savings, they don't take very long to pay for themselves. They'll last typically 15 to 20 years. Mm -hmm. So if you get all your money back in the first two or three or four years, then you're looking forward to 15 or 16 years of, of it paying you as opposed to you paying for it. Yeah. So they're in a sense kind of a bit of a no-brainer in that in that sense that you know they really don't cost. They pay you. In a sense. <laughs> <laughs>
1: okay, okay. So let's talk about the grants because you just brought that up. Um, there are uh, uh, provincial and federal grants, right?
0: Yes. Yes, there are and uh, municipal as well. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. So- Saanich, uh, for example, has a well. It's not very much. It's two hundred fifty dollars, but you know it all is up. Yep. And the. Uh, you know, depending entirely on what your existing heating source is, yeah. uh, certainly the the main objective of the rebates is to get people off of fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. So the the big rebates come to those who have propane and uh, and oil heat and natural gas heat. They get the big rebates because they they won't need those those furnaces anymore if they have a heat pump. And that'll reduce their carbon footprint by up to ninety-eight percent. Wow! Just about eliminating their their. That's how efficient uh, heat pumps are. Yeah. Um, so, uh, but um, even electric baseboards, uh, most people will receive a, a one-thousand-dollar rebate. Wow! Yeah, they okay. will. Yeah. Uh, consider Providing their home is 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 heated primarily by uh, baseboards now. Mm-hmm. Uh, because heat pumps are 300% more efficient than baseboards. So the government knows very well that although you're already burning, if you will, a, a renewable resource, which is electricity, mm-hmm. they know very well that if you have a heat pump, you're not going to be using your baseboards. <laughs> yeah, for that sure. It would be the same as throwing money out the window. so For sure, for sure. So they're well, to give you a beta, uh, based on that yeah very efficient okay
1: so um new horizons uh, heat pumps if people need to reach you, what's the best way to do that
0: well you can uh, certainly reach us by phone yep. uh, at 250-208-6365, yeah 250-208-6365 or by email you can phone or text that number or by email at uh, newhorizonsheatpumps at gmail.com
1: Fantastic. And you know what, I'll put the information on our CFAX uh, webpage here as well, too. So, uh, so people have it Uh, again, you know, heat pumps. Wow. It's one of those things. People seem to be boggled. They don't really understand them. I have to say, I am a big fan of heat pumps and whenever we're helping people, you know, when they're buying a home to me, it's a huge uh, selling feature. Um, But if you're, if you're interested folks, as you're listening and you're curious about heat pumps, Give Bruce Forrester a call. Uh, He's the fellow that'll help you out there at New Horizons Heat Pumps. Uh, Bruce, thanks for coming and joining us
0: today. Tony, my pleasure. Anytime.
1: Yeah, and uh, to the rest of our listeners, we'll be here for you this time next week.